Welcome to Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. This is the place to hear real and raw conversations about what it takes for female entrepreneurs to achieve financial success and live a rich life. I'm Vanessa Shaw, author of The Million Dollar Question and your hostess for this podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of Get Rich Without Being a Bitch podcast. And today we've got a really amazing guest, Connie Whitman, who is going to be sharing just some amazing insights around sales. Actually, one of my favorite topics as well, because guess what? For those of you that are listening in, the one thing that drives money and that whole getting richer piece is going to be your ability to sell. And the reality is we all sell, right? Connie, we're going to be diving into this. However, we've all got kind of most of us, let's say we've all got, I shouldn't say that way, but we've often got an inherited mindset around sales that is not helping us. And I know that I did way back when, when I first started to get into sales, I did as well. Connie, what I'm really excited about our conversation today is that you are on a mission to actually change the sales game. And I love that because it's important. No longer seeing sales as sleazy, icky, and manipulative, but really a place of service and something that we can kind of do be in service with care, love, and respect for the people in front of us. You are absolutely talking my language there, so I want to dive into this. And again, just by way of an introduction, I want you know I want our listeners to understand a little bit about who you are. Connie's been playing a really big game in with corporations in you know changing these conversations around sales, building out their sales culture, and helping them improve their sales processes, those conversations, those meetings, and ultimately close more deals. COVID also has given some new opportunities to Connie's business, which means that she's also been able to work with a lot more small business owners, which again are primarily our audience here and really helping them to understand, A, what's not working in their sales uh, conversations. You don't need to have more of them. What if you could be having better, even less of them, and closing more deals? So that's what we're going to be diving into today. Connie, welcome. Thank you so much, Vanessa. I'm so excited to be here. I love talking about sales, and truly, truly, I love helping heart-centered business owners because we feel like it's tough out there and it doesn't have to be. So I hope they find value in our conversation today. Oh, undoubtedly. And let's just, you know, let's just dive straight in, right? Sure. Like dive in the middle of this. Buyer's resistance. (laughs) Now, again, buyer's resistance, I think is really important because I think you and I probably work with quite a few people that often the seller has resistance to selling in the first place, right? So we often are often thinking about it from the seller's perspective and getting them over their resistance. But let's flip the switch on that for a minute. What is buyer's resistance? So it's fascinating. You know, I've been in, and just as an intro too, I've been in sales for 39 years. So it, It's a long time. I start to see things because, again, it's almost four decades. So I'm decoding things. So it's funny in the past. And again, I've been in business 20 years. And I'm going to say about the past 10 years, I started to realize that humans, because that's who we're selling to and communicating with, that we have two conversations kind of going on simultaneously. The one is the conscious conversation. You and I using words, we understand the language, right? Our body language, all of those things. The underlying or unconscious conversation is also always going on. So we share energy, whether it's on Zoom or live, we're sharing each other's energies, vibrations, all of those things. So if I'm not aware of what I'm emitting and putting out there, I'm already at a deficit going into the conversation because I'm not in control of the unconscious conversation. Mm. Now, the danger in that is... We all have buyer's resistance. And this is another thing I've just kind of decoded. We have five layers of buyer's resistance. And I'm going to tell you where they came from first, and then we could talk about the five layers. But you, me, and you you already said it, Vanessa. You said we as sellers sometimes put ourselves, oh, the client's not going to want this. So we start putting the objections in front of us 
the client hasn't even said anything. Mm -hmm. So you have that mindset. But now from the client's perspective, where does this buyer's resistance come from? Well, think of yourself as a buyer in a buyer situation, a car, whatever it is, buying a refrigerator, doesn't matter. Immediately when you go in and they come over and they start helping you, you're on guard. When's the pitch coming? They're going to sell me. What, what objections should I use? I'm not ready. I don't have the time. Too much money. We already start going through it because we have been taught through the Wolf movies like Wolf of Wall Street, Madoff, right? De Niro did a fabulous job portraying Madoff. Oh my gosh. Yes. He, fabulous. We could do a whole podcast on that one, actually. He's that brilliant. Was, yes, amazing. But that whole thing, he didn't have licenses. It was a house of cards, yet it got through and, and pen money was was thwarted and and then you have Glenn Ross Glenn Gary Glenn Ross which is another one always be closing we've been taught through these movies salespeople are scum and so because we feel that way when we start selling it's a little it's under that that little um uh microphone in our head going oh you're under the pitch oh you're going to get objections so I believe that now that we understand there's five layers of buyers objection. Here's the reality. If someone schedules time with you, there was something that was compelling them to say, "Mm, I think I'm liking something here, but right. The big butts there. That's the layer, the layers of objection at the end. If you do a good job breaking down the layers, trust me, you will never get an objection again because you're, you want to be talking to or speaking with the objectionless buyer. They're there you just have to break down those five layers before you can get to them. And we all have it. We all have the layers and we are all in a position of being an objectionless buyer. The other person has to make sure that they're addressing us personally. And that's one other thing before we can talk about the layers of an essay. But the other thing I believe, I don't care who your client is, no one is cookie cutter. Yes, they might have a similar situation mm. or problem, but logistics, timing, age, so I, they're different. So please, that's another thing. We talk about five layers of resistance. You have to understand that on the personal level with the person, right? Whoever your objectionless mm. buyer is. And that's when you're in control of the subconscious conversation. Mm. So that me, just all makes sense. Let me stop you right there. You've just poured in a ton. And we're I just know. Getting, I know. We're just getting started. That's why I was like, like, let's just dive into this. I think there's something very interesting, right? You know, for me, I work with a primarily female audience, right? We're a massive advocate for women in yep. business, right? And a few cool guys. And I like, again, the, the cool guys that are listening into this, because there are a few, you know, it, we love you too. And here's what I think is interesting. As you said, even those examples, right, that we've got in the media, and by the way, we've had them in business as well, right? As you say, oh. media and everything portrayed across the board. Sure. It's a very male, masculine model, right? It's incredibly rare. And I'm trying, trying to think like, what are those examples of even salespeople that would be women? So it's a very masculine model. We see the very kind of, as you say, slimy, sleazy, right? No, you know, the types of people that we work with want to be in integrity. They want to be doing good work. Their sure. biggest concerns are not, am I going to, you know, how do I rip somebody off and get away with it? It's, oh my gosh, I was so concerned that, you know, I would be seen as manipulative, seen as overly pushy, sleazy, doing bad work in the world. And in fact, they're going to back off, right? So Horrifying, yeah. uh, You know, because they're like, no, I don't want to be seen that way. So what I love is, you, you know, sharing that, that we've got these models that we see through media that are... Of course, over, well, of course, they're not all overdone. Madoff was a, you know, was a true story, unfortunately. Sure. Uh, but, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, you know, I mean, again, you know, and these kind of, you know, exaggerated personas. And I think we've got to understand here is that there's a different way, right? What you're getting to is, yes, we see those. Yes, we've all had bad sales experiences. They may have been recent. They may have been a long time ago. They, they can still be happening because other people haven't shifted their way of doing sales they're still stuck in the 80s or the 90s or wherever and that's right haven't got up to speed and what we're looking at here is a far more sophisticated dare i say it right agree sophisticated 
And understanding at a human level, actually what we're all kind of going through underneath the surface in terms of those layers of resistance. And there are ways to, you know, elegantly navigate those things. So absolutely. We are emotional beings. So when we buy or compelled not to buy or to buy, there's an emotional charge there. See, again, that's that unconscious conversation that we don't think about because my pitch is so good. My product is so good. My surf, I'm so good. They should just hire me when we never really get to know what the client situation is. And that's where the danger uh, comes in. Can I just share a really quick story? So this is, this is what I mean by don't be cookie cutter, right? One of my corporate clients, this was many years ago, um, Connecticut. So it's about three and a half hour rides from me here in New Jersey. And I get there and the seat, there's many people in the room. I was presenting to a group and the CEO walks in, they introduce us. And he says to me, you don't have a PowerPoint. I, I paused and I looked at him and I, cause I'm very professional, right? I tease when I say something, I went, uh-huh, like what? So I explained to him, I said, Mark, you, you know, Whitman and associates, what can I do for you? I could go from a through Z. What if you need L, M, and N? By the time I start talking about ABC, you people are like, oh, who cares, right? We don't even care anymore. So I said, today I'm here to fact find. I know. And then I thought, he doesn't think I'm prepared. So I went through what I knew about the organization through their website, who the players were, all of that. And I said, but here's questions I don't know the answer to. What have you done? What does your culture look like? What is your technology to support your sales team look like? What is your infrastructure? What is, and I, I just like, and he looked at me and he tilted his head. And Vanessa, I thought, I have the business. I think I just got the business. Well, we sit down and he says to the team, his, his people around, Connie's going to ask us a whole bunch of questions like, and he reiterates what I say. And he looks across, we're sitting across from each other, Vanessa. And he looks at me and he goes, right, Connie, now I'm dying. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, that's what we're doing today. (laughs) And then he went on to say all the other vendors that had come in, they were looking for other sales service and coaching vendors, right. To move the culture. Um, they had brought the PowerPoint and he said, you know, they went through A through Z. We only need L, M, and N. What, you know, they were, they wasted a lot of our time, right, Connie? I almost fell off the chair because he used my words and I had the business. They didn't know my price structure because I explained I deal with banks. This happened to be a bank. I deal with banks all the time. Nobody is your bank. So who am I to presume that I know what you need? I don't. I know I can deliver it, but I don't know what you need. I don't know what you're building. I don't know what skill set you want your people to walk away from. How dare I assume? You see the difference with that? So different. In old terms as well, and I still use this with my clients now as well, just so that they kind of get the visual. This is the, um, when I was taught sales, show up and throw up right? It's the, and as you say, right, it's the, I'm going to be here. I'm going to get out my fancy PowerPoint. I'm just going to pitch to you, present, but there's no dialogue. So it's literally showing up, throwing up a lot of information. Um, Most of us are too polite to stop people to say, hang on, you're wasting my time here. And like, we only need, as you say, LMNOP or whatever it might be. And, you know, what I want to do is get into like that, like that's the old model, right? What you're talking about here is far more consultative in terms of I want to understand more about these pain points. What have you got in place? What have you tried so far? What's not working? What are you trying to achieve here? That's right. And actually see if and how my services can help you. Absolutely. So, so, so I'm trying to know, Connie, though, we got I want to get us just back for a minute, back on track here because. Five layers of resistance, which is kind of where we went off and went down this lovely pathway here. What are the five layers of resistance? And and here, this is important, okay? So changing the sales game, it's a game, right? And I don't mean that that there's got to be a winner and a loser. For me, my game, everybody wins. Everybody walks away um, with something, right? A benefit to the situation, more money, whatever it is. So the first one is you're on the clock right out of the gate, right? So there's no overtime when you're meeting with a client or a potential prospect. So you're on the clock. Time is the first layer or barrier. So immediately when I walk in, if the client has given me 30 minutes, 
I know it's 30 minutes. So, and like most of us, right? Like I, I host a podcast, you host a podcast. I book out an hour, even though the podcast is 30 to 40 minutes, you want to have a pleasant hello. I want to say a pleasant goodbye. What if we have tech issues? So you build that in. So when a client says to me, you have 30 minutes, at the 30 minute mark. And even if we're in a great engagement and they're leaning in and they're liking and they're in conversation, I will say our 30 minutes are up. I've allotted extra time just in case we can certainly stop and reschedule. Now, before I let them go, let's reschedule the next meeting and we could pick up where we left off because we still, what's the value? Why do they want to meet me again? I give them that value by saying, we still need to talk about this, this, and this. And just based on what you've told me, I think we can create more money. I think we can create a better flow of your business, whatever. So I start to show I'm listening. I have some ideas, but our time is up. And here's the cool thing. 80% of the time they've blocked out extra hours, extra time too. Mm -hmm. So they'll say to you, I have time. If you do, I, I, appreciate you being respectful of my time, or they'll say, thank you for being mindful. It's another feather in my cap that I'm being respectful. Again, that's how we get rid of the sleazy icky piece. And then what happens is they say, I really don't have the time. I have to get to a meeting. Let's schedule something. And you know what? 99% of the time they will show up for that next meeting. Yeah. I love that time. Actually, one of the ways as well for, you know, when I was trained was also even, even asking that question up front. So, you know, again, again, two ways to do it. Right. But again, I do agree with you the time. So, you know, back in the day when I was in Europe and I was, you know, again, selling into corporations, very busy people, even when we had the 30 minutes on the agenda, my initial question was, we've put 30 minutes on the agenda. Is that still okay for you? Because again, I actually, right. And that's another way again, but it's the same, same piece. And it was just around understanding that if they had, you know, if there was something really pressing or if, if they were going to get fidgety at 20 minutes because they'd overscheduled and there was something out there, I, I wanted to know right up front. And again, as you say, most times, it was the case of no, we're good. Like let's let's dive in. But it's that respect around time and then making sure that we stick to it. And as you say, if you get to the place where you're running over, let's recontract around that. And I do want to comment because you just said something real important too, Vanessa, right? If they are antsy because they know they have to get to another meeting, they're not listening to you and they're they're disengaging. So I had that happen to me once. And I said to the client, I said, I know you keep looking at your watch. I know you have a lunch you have to get to and we have a hard stop. Trust me, I we will be done 10 minutes before what you've allotted in your schedule. I said, and I, I, I was very respectful, but I said to him, you've scheduled this time with me. Please, please be engaged because we're going to waste your time if I don't get through all of the information I need to even know if I'm a right fit for you or if there's something else you should be looking for that I'm happy to guide you on. But please be present with me. And he smiled and he said, okay, you called me out. I said, I hope I was respectful in that, but I want us, we're here for a reason. Let's satisfy that objective for both of us. And I, I just need your attention. And it was funny because we finished about 10 minutes early and I looked at him and I winked and I said, 10 minutes on the dot. Did I tell you? He goes, I love it. You live up to your promise. So you see, it's, it's that little smith trust, trust, right? It's that it's trust, right? It's there it is, you know, and again, I'm, I'm listening through, you know, I'm listening through my kind of coach's lens and some of the messages that I think are really key here. Yes. Something that we also teach our clients is around taking leadership in that conversation, which is the other thing that, bless you, by the way. She's, Thank you. I muted so myself quietly. quickly. She did it so quietly, but bless you. And um, that's taking leadership because, again, you're noticing, right, what's going on and what's present in that conversation. That's right. 
you're not ignoring it. It's leadership. And it really is saying, you know, I see this is happening. We're going to finish 10 minutes before time. Now you've built trust as well. So this is really valuable in that bonding process. And one of the things, the coaches, consultants like us, right, that we work with business owners, the business owner, like if somebody does that, I know oftentimes they think I'll talk faster, you know, and No, it's an elephant in the room. Address it because number one, here's the other thing that, and again, I will not work with clients that don't respect me. I have way too much respect for myself. So if he poo-pooed me and was like, well, you know what? I've got to be places. I would have finished my presentation. I would have been cordial. I would not have taken the business because how dare you knew it. You had committed to me, right? I had committed to you. I addressed it that I promise I'll get you out of here on time. And then you're flipping it. Well, I don't have time for this, but he didn't. He was very gracious and very appreciative. But I I think sometimes as, as business owners, we're afraid to say, whoa, whoa, you've allotted this. Please give me the due respect and Mm. allow me to do what I need to do. Otherwise I can't help you. Right. Then you're tying my hands and then I'm not able to help you. And that to me is a travesty because if, especially if you know, you can help the client, like just give me the time, but own it. Okay. So that was number one. Number one, number two, number two is if you show up and you're not prepared, right? Like you show up for a game and your teams are relying on you and you, you're just not, you're not prepared. You had pasta last night. My kids played hockey, right? So they get on the ice rink. If they had pasta the night before they were going to be lead footed, right? How dare you? You have a responsibility. So again, I feel we have a responsibility to our client. They're, they're part of our team, right? If they do business with me, we now become a team of two or a team of three, depending on how many people are in their organization. So you need to show up prepared, ready, ready to be engaged. You should not. And, and I, I know you've seen this, Vanessa. People come and they have papers and their wallets falling out of their oh. purse. And I immediately think, holy crap, especially a business owner. How are you helping your clients? <laughs> you can't even get out of your own way. Yes. So you would never want to show up ill-prepared to show that you're a hot mess because immediately, whether you realize it or not, that unconscious, converse, uh, unconscious conversation is going on and they're thinking, oh my gosh, this person is making me a nervous wreck. They're all over the place. They have papers falling out. They Their pen, what, now they're throwing everything on the table so that they could pull their pen out. Or you're on Zoom and you're looking around frantically for, yes. oh my goodness, you have to be prepared. Otherwise, you're showing them your val- that you value their time and then you're not being prepared. You're not valuing their time. I'm not, immediately right out of the gate. I will tell you, if I was your client and you showed up in that frame, frame of reference, I'm busy. Time is, is a commodity for me. Don't show up ill-prepared. So yeah. that's another one. And I that, got, gonna- go ahead. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm laughing here because I've actually got a bit of a funny story. So <laughs> it's an embarrassing one, though, as well. Fortunately, the they're sale, usually the best stories. I know, right? <laughs> Fortunately, the sale was already done. However, and I think, you know, there are going to be times I'm saying there's a caveat to that. And I totally get it. it's like, be prepared, be organized, have your notes, have your questions. Absolutely right. Don't look like a hot mess because, yes, it's going to erode trust. And I would totally be looking at that going, okay, how can you really be helping me here? Because I'm seeing the way you're showing up. That's right. The caveat, the Vanessa Shaw caveat is stuff will go wrong. Oh, inevitably. (laughs) Inevitably. And how you handle it is key. So again, I think I'm almost blushing thinking about this. This was a new (laughs) client. This was a new client. And I can't even remember who the client was because at the, at the moment, all I can think about was just how embarrassing it was for me. Sure. They had shown up in the room and we used to do um, VIP strategy days. Sure. And like it was a whole day where we'd map out their strategy and whiteboard it and everything highly creative and spontaneous and just a lot of fun. And they'd flown in from somewhere for this day. And I had a bag. So I had my bag that I would have had, like, I guess, laptop and notes and everything in on a chair as, a, as well as my purse, right? Sure. And they were on a chair. And whatever it was is I knocked one of them. And I can't remember which bag it was, but whichever bag it was that I kind of just caught my elbow on or something was open. 
And with that, this bag, it not, it didn't just like slightly tumble off the chair. It did a massive kind of like flying off the chair. Crash. All of the, everything that was inside it, including tampons. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course, right? It's just like the whole lot. It was like, I don't know what was in that bag. And by the way, I typically don't have, I'm not somebody that has a lot of junk in bags, right? But on that day, it just seemed to, you know, when you've ever like spilt some milk and you're like, how far did that milk actually go across the kitchen? This was one of those moments and it was the contents of my bag. (laughs) And I could feel myself hot and blushing and it was in front of them. And for me, that was one of those inside, I'm just doing the, I just don't believe that's happened. And really trying to be cool. Like, I'm so sorry. Let me just take care of this. <laughs> and it literally was like, I'm very sorry. Let me just take care of this. Pick it all up, scoop it in, put it on the floor so a, it didn't happen again. And then proceed to deliver like for about the next seven hours, this uh, this VIP strategy day. And if, by the way, if you are that client that was actually in the room at that time, because as I say, at the moment, all I can remember is my embarrassment. Um, you can you can actually write to me afterwards and say, hey, Vanessa, you did well or you didn't do well. We really need yes. to go on. But that's, that's just to say, right? I mean, be, prepa- be prepared and be, you know, be prepared that things don't go to plan and just how you handle it and move on is key. You beautifully. And, and you handled it beautifully. Tampons flying across, you know, it's a good thing it didn't last land in the client's lap. That would have even oh, been worse. I mean, but, but see, that's not being ill-prepared. That's life and hitting something and, you know, it just, I know I've been in restaurants where you have these client meetings and I talk with my hands and you knock the water over. I've done it before. Yes. yes. And you're like, I am mortified. And they laugh. They go, not my first time. I And then they share a funny story that happened to them. So humor isn't a bad thing. I think that's adorable. And I hope the person writes back and says, I'm glad you didn't ask me to, you know, hold your tampon or something. Right. So just, but, it, but that's not being ill-prepared. That's just life and things happen. Electricity goes out, right. You're sitting on a chair and the chair tips over something, right. They're yeah. unexplicable. You can't explain it. You can't prevent it. How do you respond? And hopefully you, you respond with a little bit of humor and be gracious about it. We all make mistakes, right? Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Resistance number three, and I'll, I'll refrain from adding my my embarrassment. That was a. I knew where you, but can I tell you, Vanessa? I knew. I'm like, oh, I know where she's going. The girly things fell out, right? Yeah. And mortified. Yeah, of course, they were men in the room, right? Of course, of course. I love it. They're the yeah. best stories. Okay, so resistance number number resistance layer three is: Do you really understand me? And the only way for you to really understand the client, and this goes back to being prepared. So see, they all connect to each other too, Vanessa, if you're noticing, mm-hmm. you can't jump and skip one either. You have to go through this order to break down each objection. So if you ask me the right questions and you come prepared, like my example with Mark up in Connecticut, I was able to rattle off, I don't know this and I don't know this because I was number one, prepared. But number two, I, my questions were, I'm not sitting there going, oh, Vanessa, what questions should I ask you today? I know. Oh, yeah. And and here's another thing I do with my, especially my business owners, they share what their product offering is, packages, cross-sells. So I want to see if it's packaged properly and if the pricing is right and all of that. But the next one is send me your questions. You have a meeting with a client. I know you have questions. And sometimes they go, oh, I don't know. I go, trust me. You have questions you ask. Are they good ones? I don't know. Are they in the right flow or order? I don't know. We need to look at that because you need to know that your questions are spot on, efficient, and that you're walking away with everything you need to either give a recommendation at the end. Or sometimes I I know this from my clients too, I have to walk away and think, all right, I want to put together a proposal specific for your needs. I have a couple of things that I think I could pull off the shelf, but let me put that together. But if you don't ask the questions in, again, in correct order, but, but you don't, you don't get the right information from them, your proposal, your recommendation is going to be be off and you've lost the sale. So now we're only at layer number three, 
right? So I can't start if, if I meet the client and I think, oh, I know this client. I did all this preparation. I'm cool. And I'm just going to go in and start vomiting what I could do to help them, which is what those other vendors had done, right? At, at mm. that one client, um, you're losing the sale, man. They lost the sale, didn't they? Because mm. you differentiate yourself from all the other people selling the same service as you, leadership training, sales training, um, mindset shifts, whatever it is, whatever you're coaching on. So what differentiates you? These interpersonal skills and this format is going to make, make a huge difference in how you present. I love what you say there. And again, I want to kind of, you know, add like my, the way I say this in the language, because it's the same thing, we're, we're really talking about the same thing there is, as you say, the understanding, right? The really understanding, yeah. from, you know, the client and, you know, does the client feel understood and heard, right? Well, that's down to asking great questions, right? Exactly what you said. Are you asking the right questions, Right? And are you asking them in, in an order that actually makes sense? Because that's the other thing I find is people dive in, like there's, there can be questions where they're diving in too soon, right? And we've got to remember that we're warming up. This is a relationship, right? I, and now this is where I go into my dating analogies, right? It's kind of like, because there's so much that we can take from dating. Yes. Like, you know, we're meeting somebody for the first time and we're, you know, having that coffee date, which might be the, the same as that initial sales meeting, right? We're getting to know each other, right? Are we really asking the most intimate thing, right? In that very first question? No. We want to get asked some questions that actually start to open up. Right, the right. conversation so that again we're not triggering like the threat response and oh my gosh this feels too invasive absolutely um, and as you say and the questions that we really need to ask so that the client feels understood heard and listened to so that we can you say some of us haven't got you know um just off the shelf let's say solutions they might be you know they're very tailored they're very custom and as you say they're then going to go away and put together a lengthy sort of proposal and come back and discuss it in a meeting well again it comes back to, to those questions one of the things um i loved that really really helped me and ask better questions and ask questions as opposed to talking was when somebody, and I think it was one of my early sales trainers said, you know, what's actually interesting is that when you ask really good questions, you naturally will appear more intelligent in the eye of the person right. answering them. And I was That's like, That's exactly right. Oh, let me think about that for a moment. So I was like, I've never heard that before. So instead of some of this, which I think comes into that more sleazy, proving energy, convincing, oh, let me sound really smart. Let me use all these terms and everything. Like, let, let me yep. show you how smart I am. It was, no, ask some really good questions and just ask very clear, direct questions that lead the conversation. And if the, the recipient of those, on the, those questions is now getting a level of clarity, around something that they previously weren't That's right. clear on you actually look like this brilliant person I was like oh my gosh this is genius and by the way for anybody listening this is like this is a whole load of weight off in the sales conversations that's right it's so that's much right. easier to ask good questions and then listen as opposed to thinking about the perfect sales pitch and goes back to the first two layers if I'm super prepared I have prepared questions that I know are the questions I need to be able to give a clear proposal when the timing is correct, right? Or write the proposal or whatever. That's being efficient with the time with the client, showing up prepared. It all, it's all connected. It's not like, well, I showed up on time and I told them I'd be an hour. Meanwhile, your questions, you were pulling them from every direction. The client couldn't keep up. So now instead of creating, and I love that word, clarity that you use, yeah. instead of creating clarity, we're creating chaos in their own minds. And mm -hmm. I just want to share with you, like you, I have uh, two podcasts and one I've been hosting nine years. And I had a gentleman on who was the sole caregiver for his wife that was dying over a 15 year period. So now he's dealing with her disease. 
raising three little kids and he's an attorney, had to go to work every day. So anyway, wrote a book Mm -hmm. and I had him on and they give you, you know, this Vanessa, when you have an author, they give you like the PR packet and it has certain questions to ask. So I said to him, I I'm a good listener. You're going to say something. I'm telling you, this is my sales at work. I'm going to ask you questions but I will always preface it by saying, because it wasn't on the list. If you're uncomfortable, you certainly don't have to answer. So we were taught, we were a very, very personal conversation. And one of the questions I asked him was, and no one else had asked this. Now I'm thinking this is an important question, right? Acquiring minds want to know. And I said to him, what, you know, all of that, now you're adult, you now your kids are adults. He's a granddad, you know, grandpa. So I said, your kids, do they ever say, Hey dad, you know, I do this because I learned it from you when you, we're helping mom or, you know, whatever, raising us. And he looked at me and he goes, that's a really good question. I don't know. And he goes, but I'm going to ask my kids that that's such a great question. He says, you know, I was living in the moment and just in triage mode, but what did they learn? He goes, I've never asked that at the end. He said to me, can I tell you that was one of the, now again, do I think I'm anything special? No, I think I just listen well, which is the next step. And I'm kind of giving a prelude to that. You're curious. Right. Is that curiosity? Curiosity. And he was so at the end, he said, this was my favorite interview. You asked me questions. No one else did. He goes, you got me thinking. He goes, I can't wait to to call my kids and ask him that question. Can I tell you, it touched me because this was such a personal conversation. And I went off topic of the approved things, but Mm -hmm. I did it with, with kindness, of course, and respect that he was honored that I didn't, that I went off script and I was truly engaged with him. It's the same thing with our clients. And that's the the fourth, eliminating the fourth layer is listen, but listen so that you don't just have your questions and you'll down your questions. You listen to the response. And this is to me is active listening. What I did with him. I ask a follow-up question saying, wait, you just said this. I have another question now. What about X, Y, and Z? And by doing that active listening, you're doing a better job than all the other coaches and consultants that they've talked to because you're really drilling a mile deep to fully understand them. So by asking the questions and then listening and asking those follow-up questions that you can't prepare for in advance until you're with the client, that's active listening. And I'm telling you that one, I, and again, on my podcast, but I hear this from my clients all the time. Oh my gosh. I told you so many things. I go, we had a lot done. Didn't we? Wow. You ask great questions and you will too. So that question and listening there, there, I say it's a little dance and that dance has to go really smoothly. So you don't just want to fire questions and not listen. You need to fire, ask the right questions, dig in, really listen be curious and ask the questions that no one else is asking. And, and if you feel you're getting too personal, cause I've said this with clients too, if I get too personal, you tell me, Connie, I don't want to answer that. I honor it and I respect it. I'm just trying through our conversation. I want to honor what you're telling me and respond accordingly, but it's, yeah. it's safe. You're always in a safe place with me. So th- think about, just think about me, just what I just said. Who has conversations like that? And I, I bet a b- bunch of your listeners do. That's the magic, right? That's the engagement. That's the the respect and the trust. But see how they're all fitting together, right? Yes, it's so true. And again, I can, you know, again, listeners can, you know, listeners will a, be able to remember. I think we often don't remember really good sales experiences because they happen so naturally. We all remember bad ones. That's right. That's right. Um, right. I shared one recently. It's not so, I mean, it's not so recent now, but it was at the time, you know, our daughter was moving out to Hawaii before COVID. And at the time, because we didn't know what was going to happen in the world, we thought it was a really good idea to ship out my SUV that was about nine years old out to Hawaii. She knew the car, she'd driven it in it and was like, it's time for me to have a new one, right? And we'll ship it out there. It was cheaper than buying something on the island and all, sure. all, all the rest of it, right? Kind of the, the logic, the, the logic all made sense. And so in the um, time, short time that she was actually out there before COVID hit, and then she actually had to come back. And by the way, we had to ship the SUV back as well. So oh. it's, it's, it's well-traveled. COVID! I know, <laughs> right? It's well-traveled. Well it came back with quite a bit of sand. Anyway, that's another story. Um, 
In that time, we started to look for a car before COVID happened and we were housebound and like, we're not even going out anywhere. We, we don't need a car. And we started to look for a car and we were really, I love this car so much. And it, we were basically really looking at very similar or are we just going to buy the latest model? Like this was going to be nine years, 10 years old. And I've shared this experience again of going to, and it was the cars and car place. And unfortunately, this was a woman, so I can't even say that this is a male way of doing it, but the old school way of doing sales. And I was very upfront because, you know, I, I, I think I'm actually a good buyer in the sense that I know sales and I'll present with yep. very honestly upfront. Yep. Listen, I'm really in the early stage of researching this, which is actually the words that I said to her. We're actually in the very early stage of looking at this. We're considering this. It's also, you know, it's a, it just goes against the business as well. So we've got some other numbers to know, and I'm looking for some information. So I really presented it up front. And immediately it was that I felt like I wasn't being listened to. Right. So again, that question that then came, and I wouldn't be able to remember today what the example was. It was just a question that was, it was taken from a script somewhere. Yep. Right. Yep. And, you know, we kind of went through this again and I had to reiterate so many times, you know, listen, we are, you know, this is very early, very early research. I'm looking for some numbers. And again, her agenda, her agenda was not to serve me. Her agenda was to fill her quota for sale. That's right. That's right. And ultimately, because we actually happen to have a very good relationship with the dealer, um, we actually had to go higher up to say, you're probably going to lose a sale from us. And, and if, unless this person needs to be removed from our account, because like, I'm not going to go and deal with this every time. That's right. this, this is just very unpleasant versus we are actually now, again, we didn't end up buying a car because of COVID. We're actually now back in the process again. We have, you know, there's new models on the market. So I'm actually looking at now actually changing and such a different process that we're in as somebody that's really listening that's really you know getting an idea of what you know Vanessa Shaw is actually looking for and noticing the pieces that I was really excited about in a car sure guess what I actually like the size of the engine and how it all works not my thing that's right color beautiful interior oh let's talk about that all day long right and again, I, that might be, I'm being stereotypical, perhaps, no. my, my approach, but those are the things that are important to me. My husband will be involved in those purchases because I kind of want him to look at the technical stuff, like the tech pack and the, the That's right. that, because he'll geek out on that. And I totally trust that he'll, he will do Absolutely. due diligence, right? So again, it's like really understanding that in the sales process, especially when you've got two people, you got to listen for like, what is it that's really important to them? And where are they, you know, where are they engaging? And here's the thing, you know, car is expensive, you know, even they're expensive. I don't care what level car you're purchasing. It's and a big, it's a big purchase. It's yes. a big purchase. And like you, we buy our cars and we keep them. My, my, old, my son was driving, it was 17 years old, had 225,000 miles, the sucker was still going, he got hit in the behind, thank God he's okay, and the car got totaled, but we're, they're big purchases, but here's the thing, some of our client, we, we have high ticket items that people are buying from us, so can you imagine approaching a client with the anticipation of, I just want to make that 10, 12, 15, 30 grand, whatever it is from you. And I'm, I don't care because I know what you need and I'm good at this. And that whole egotistical approach mm. is disgusting. So if it's not about the client, like, and this is what I say, if you're not set in my book, I, last year, I published a book, uh, hit um, international bestseller, which was kind of cool, but Very the first two, congratulations. yeah, thank yes. you. Um, I, and I didn't throw that for the congrats, but just the reason I'm saying this, the first chapter, it's a business book about sales. And the first chapter is called love. And my first sentence, so people that didn't know me, they probably read it and thought, okay, this chick's out of her mind. But the first sentence is, if you're not selling from a place of care, love and respect, please stop. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But I, yeah, I, I totally love that. And again, it's back to, you know, what we were saying earlier is sales is about service, right? It's really here. 
And when we understand that, it's like, it's about service. Do you have a problem that I can potentially help you? Exactly right. That's exactly right. Really is it. And we need to understand that. That really is like, it is, it is simplest. That that's it. That's exactly it. And I like, you know, if we can strip it back to that, then, then we, then we like, it's bringing humanity back into it. Right. It's like, agree. We're not talking, this isn't a transaction, this isn't robotic, we don't need, you know, to, to like read from a script and all the rest of it. It's like, no, let's have a conversation. With that, Connie, um, let's the go fifth. to the fifth. Want to do yes. the fifth? Okay, the fifth one is the actual proposal. And that's what value are you going to add to me, me being the client? So if you've done a great job, especially with the question listening, by the time you get to make your proposal, write your proposal, whatever, here's the, here's the three things that should happen. Pay attention and listen closely, everybody, because there's three things. One is the client is so excited because you're such a perfect fit for them that they're like, all right, how, can we do it today? Can we start today? Today, they're super excited. Yeah, they when can feel you. Yeah. Right. And that's the reaction we want. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, wow, this is a match made in heaven. We are a team, right? That team, going back to that team concept. Yes. Second thing that, sh- that ha- should happen or could happen is I say to the client, I love you and I'd love to work with you, but I'm not the one you need to speak with. You need to speak with my friend, Vanessa. This is her zone of genius. So listen, you gave me so much information. If you're interested, I'll do an intro email for you and Vanessa, but I'll have a conversation and fill her in on a lot of this. So you could fast, fast process that and not have to go through again. And then if she has any additional questions, she can ask. So that you're not ready for me or, or I'm not the right well, we're person. Not a fit. Exactly. We're not yeah. a fit, but exactly. I have somebody for you, right? Cause I have, I'm Jersey. Yeah. I have a guy where the third one is you're not ready for me. You have this and this and this and this and this going on, which is a lot. Don't add this. Cause you know, what's going to happen. This will fail plus yeah. a couple of the other things. So let's stay in contact. I'm going to give you a little bit of homework while you're doing these things. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about that. Meanwhile, I'm having conversations with them. And then in a month, two months, six months, whatever it is, but now they're in my pipeline because I know I'm the fit. The timing is off. Yeah. Notice in my three, I never said an objection. If you mm. use my process, I'm telling you, Vanessa, I don't, and I'm not going to, I don't get objections, not because Connie's great at closing. I, I am just because I've been doing it so long, but I don't get objections because it's one of those three things. I yeah. don't push the sale for the client to say, but I got this and I, got, I already know all that. And I'm yeah. saying to them, I'm a good fit. Just not now. Can we yeah. stay? And they, and then, you know, here's the other thing that happens, especially if I say I'm not the right fit. You need to meet my friend, Vanessa. Now, Vanessa's going to think, well, let me send Connie some deals. She's always good to me. Or the client's thinking oh, my friend needs sales help. Oh, Connie's the one she's. So you're building the more you give, the more you get. I really believe that. And I live my I life that way. So that's, agree more. Yeah. that's the last one. Your proposal will be so spot on or you're not ready for me, or I love all this information, but you really need my friend, Vanessa. Yeah. I think, you know, again, to me, that comes back to service, right? And as you said, like yes. the old, old school is the always be closing, right? So let's face it. If you, you know, always be closing. I think it's like always be starting conversations, right? With, uh, you know, great questions and great. Sure. Open. Let's face it, if you are, if we remove it from the kind of sales, but if you are wanting Chinese food, for example, it gets really difficult if you want to keep trying, you know, selling, trying to push Mexican food to somebody, right? They might be in the mood for that later on down the line. But if it's really Chinese, how about we make a really good recommendation that based off of what you're really craving right now, there's a great Chinese restaurant down the road and you'd be better off to go there, right? That's right. As you say, they're going to come back. I've actually got an example sitting on my desk right now um, of somebody that this happened. It was an introduction through a former client and somebody that, you know, trusts me and actually does, you know, make quite a few introductions for business. And we went through the whole thing. And this was definitely going to be the whole thing being the question, you know, preliminary questions, right? And we decided that we would break up. This wasn't an immediate sale, but that we would kind of put it into two steps because this particular person said, I'd really like to meet with you and kind of paint a much bigger picture of what's going on. I said, that's absolutely fine. And that was booked. And then in the meantime, that person has discovered more about me 
through the website and through nurture sequences and everything and has actually come back and said you know what I don't want to waste your time because actually what I've really seen here is I actually don't think we're the best fit wow that's wonderful how wonderful right now and I suspect let's say this person is actually a gentleman right so I said to you I don't work with that many guys, right? And the guys that I do work with, they're a certain type. They, you know, they're they're a certain type. And actually this gentleman actually doesn't really fit that type. So I was introduced, that was me being of service to the person that, you know, introduces. The truth is I actually did have that element of doubt in my mind and I wasn't sure Interesting. So interesting. And that's why when, you know, you know, we kind of were together co-creating like this two-step process to say, now let's get together, let's take a deeper dive. And then from there, we can actually really see if this is a fit. So clearly we were both kind of, you know, being tentative and very respectful. I was actually thrilled that this person came back and said, you know what, I've discovered a bit more. <clears throat> and I really don't believe, you know, we are the right fit. And now I'm about to make an introduction. So I've gone back and I said, you know what? That's totally cool. Thank you for being clear because he's being super respectful. I don't want to waste your time or mine. I'm delighted. And I said, would it be helpful if I actually connected you with somebody else? I have a colleague who I deeply respect. He's same part of town as me. I know we have a similar philosophy. He's also male. I believe this might be a better fit for what you're looking for. Would that be helpful? And of course, he's immediately come back with a thank you. That really would be helpful. So I get what you're saying, right? It's back to like, we can't be so attached to this close and the sale. Be of service. I would prefer that this gentleman actually goes back to the source where the recommendation came That's right. And actually says, you know what? Thank you for connecting me with Vanessa. We actually did have a really good conversation and it didn't work out. However, Vanessa put me on to another person and let's hope, I really hope that this person gets what they want, right? From, from that relationship. Way better to have that because, you know, again, as you say, it's good. Energy is good for the reputation. For me, that's still being of service. It doesn't matter that I didn't get the sale. Right. You helped him. I've helped. And I'm, you know, really happy to do that. So I think, again, this we've got to get beyond this attachment to the closing. I agree. The closing is a no, a not right now, or a yes. Right. (laughs) All of those. That's, you know, you said it. You, You know, I'm just using slightly different language, but it is. It's a no, a not right now, or a yes. Equally, so yesterday I had a no, not right now, come back within probably, I think, 60 days with a, I really think it is now, can we talk again, right? So again, if we're, and again, we're nurturing those relationships, we're continuing to add value and we're not so attached to, well, I think it's now, and because frankly, I want the sale, or I think I need the sale, or my ego is getting in the way, or whatever those other things are. That's right. Be of service. And I love yeah. how I kind of come back to the beginning to kind of tie this in a bow. Your words, and I think they are really spot on, care, love, and respect. Yes. For another human being. Right? Yes. We're all in this together, and we're here to help one another elevate the game right elevate the bigger game that we're playing you know in life and business and yes Connie I love what you're up to let's change right let's change the sales game let's get it looking different so that more of us particularly women as well because I think a lot of women have been really impacted agree by this model agree Women are just amazing, amazing leaders. You know, I'm committed to getting more wealth in the hands of women. I know that it's something, you know, you are also passionate about changing that sales game as well. Yeah. And this is how we can do it. And I just want to comment on one more thing. I know we talked also about the seller having me, right, being the seller and having my own apprehensions and my own inner dialogue. They're not going to like it or whatever. Um, If you really believe in what you're 
business is, right? I really believe that sales is important for us to thrive, not just survive, but thrive financially and legacy and all those other things, right? But you have to make sales to do that. But can it be fun and exciting and enjoyable and build a network of people? So my clients become my friends. And I just yes. had a, a I yeah. had a client. We just we just now we're friends. I mean, my husband. We go out to dinner with her. My husband, her boyfriend, the mother, because we're we're family now. And I just she's just um, she's in corporate. She's leaving corporate and and opening a business. So I keep yelling. I have another person I need you to meet. I have another. So today we met, and I go, Do you hate me? Am I throwing too much at you? She goes, I love you. You always had my back when, when she was my client at the corporate client, she goes, and now as a business owner, like I, I can't thank you enough. I said, you can tell me to shut up when I get over the top because I'm so excited for her. And I have all these great resources for her, right? Don't waste time and money for her. And, but then I get a little enthusiastic and I don't want her to be like, oh my God, back away, chick. So we, <laughs> I, I shared that with her today. And I said, am I over? And she goes, I love you for loving me caring about me. And by the way, I'm getting paid zero by all, doing all these introductions. It's not for me. It's for her. She needs this. I service. want her to thrive. Yeah. It's again, it's that being of service and you know, yes. what? way better to possibly err on the side of slightly over than completely backing off. Right. Yes. But if you have that zone of genius, don't be afraid to ask and get paid for that zone of genius because you, you, your expertise is your expertise. Everybody doesn't have it. We think they do. They don't. So you should get paid really well for your amazing talents that everybody listening has, right. We're all amazing. Yeah. Connie, oh my gosh, we're like time has flown. So we've I know. five, and it's okay. We got we're gonna grab just a couple of minutes here. Quick fire seven. You don't yeah. even know what these are, so now you're on the spot. No, ah, this is fun. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Living richly for you means what? Family. Yes. Best hundred dollars you've spent recently, and why? Um, a facial. <laughs> I felt ten years younger. <laughs> oh, I know. They're, they're good, huh? A book or a podcast that's been highly influential for you? Okay, don't laugh. I'm a simple woman, The Alchemist. I think my all-time favorite book and the other one would be uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Just like everybody should read both of them. They're classics. I agree. I love both of those and I've got both of those. Um, you feel the calling to your next level of leadership in business and you're scared. What's the next thing you do? Um, choose to take a step forward, no matter what that is, and do try to make an, I would try to make an educated guess, but choose to move forward. You can always shift, but choose to move forward. That's how I face my fears. Mm, just one step at a time. Yes. Yeah. Something you wish you were better at today. Writing. <laughs> I'm, I'm don't laugh. I'm taking a writing class because I'm, I'm turning. I, and I've written books, right? So what the heck people are like, what's wrong with her? I am not a natural. I love to speak. I speak into books, you know, I create it that way. And then we edit it, of course, but um, I want to become a better writer. I want to be more of a thought leader and provoke thoughtful conversations on LinkedIn and other things. So I am taking a writing class. I'm turning 60 and you're never too old to learn. So yes, I, writing. Good for you. That is so good. What's on your bucket list that you'd like to achieve within the next three years, especially since now I've discovered you've got a big birthday coming up. I do. Um, you achieve... In business or just a bucket Anything, list? Anything, a bucket list. I mean, it might okay. be like achieve experience, right? Yes. So for me, my dad, he's still alive. We're celebrating his 91st birthday oh, tomorrow. Wow. Yes, God oh bless gosh. him. Happy he's birthday, so cool. Dad. Thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday, dad. Um, but he grew up in Italy and came here when he was 19. And he talks about, and a lot of who I am, I know, is because of that culture. I want to go see where he grew up. And where was that in Italy? Um, he's in the Calabria province. So he's in the boot. He's in the lower part in of the, the boot, boot, Southern Italy. So yeah, I'm the Mediterranean. That's definitely on my bucket list. Definitely within three years. Oh, oh yes. It's made for you. It's you. Yeah. Just, yeah you've totally got to go. I totally see that. And what's something you're deeply grateful for today? Oh my goodness. Um, 
My family. <laughs> Am I boring? I'm getting emotional with that question. How silly is no, that? That's yes. Good. Yeah. Grateful for my family. Mm-hmm. That's a great questions, right? It's back to the, the great uh, questions. Like when we, I love that, you know, I love that. Thank you for asking me those amazing questions. I'm going to use them. <laughs> Yeah, do. On my podcast. I love it. I love it. Anybody can use those. Connie, love your energy. Love what you stand for. Here you are as well. I love that I've just discovered that you're about to turn 60. I don't know if you've got the, like this lovely glow thing on Zoom that you can do that that covers up the wrinkles. I've used it. So I think I look a little bit better, but because <laughs> I'm like, you've got such energy and youthful you. energy and everything. And I Thank you. really respect the fact that, you know, you've got decades of experience under your belt and here you are learning, setting goals for yourself, you know, diving in deeper, creating new products, like, like taking it deeper so I just wanted to share that with you. Got a lot, Thank a lot you so of, much. Really a lot of respect for who you are and the work Thank you. you're doing in the Back world. Back at you. Back at you. And thank you. This was a, such a fun show. I, I really hope your listeners just took a couple of nuggets away for me now. Try them out, like apply them, because when you apply things, that's when magic starts happening. Absolutely. And then quickly, I know you've put it, there's a free gift. We're going to put that in the show notes as well. So um, what's the free gift? I have actually two, depending on when this posts. Um, but I have a free communication style assessment and it gives you a report on your superpowers, kind of like your natural way of communicating, which will oh, help with all of these processes. Helpful. Yes. So that link we could put in the show notes. Yes. And the other thing I'm having an event, free event, uh, ticket, eliminating the five layers of buyer's resistance. I do a deep dive. I do some live coaching and that's going to be November 10th and November 18th. I could put that link if the show will post before that. Otherwise yes. we can just edit that out. Yes. Absolutely. Wonderful. No, no, no. Let's get those. Let's get come and play. Come and play with me. Resources. Absolutely. So thank you. This has been amazing. Connie, have a great rest of day. You too. Thank you. Listeners as well. I'd love to hear as well from you. You know, share what did you learn today from the podcast? If you liked and loved this, how about you leave us a really great review as well? If you didn't like or love it, don't leave us a review. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Have Thank you, an Vanessa. Amazing rest of day, Connie. Thanks. Bye, guys. Thanks.